0: Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Rose-
1: now.
0: Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What are- where Allison- do
1: you, you come from, Greg? <laughs> I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do.
0: What if they don't have kids?
1: Don't need them. We <laughs> don't eat them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, yeah. but also parenting stuff. Yeah.
0: So, check out Childish new episodes every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone! Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice and Rose and His New Best Friend. I am sitting here in the pod cabin with Tony Thaxton, my producer, who does not have a real nickname yet. I feel we're honing in on one, or this is a bit that I will keep going in perpetuity until we all die. It's very. We also have a guest here, but I'm not introducing him yet. I'm being very cagey. Uh, it's very, very, very hot here in Burbank. In mm-hmm. the end of summer. I have a new table in the studio and I have not yet decided where my seat is at the table. I'm sitting on a different side. It's throwing off my feng shui and everything. Tony, how are you feeling in your same spot but still a different table?
1: I feel great. It's uh and this is this is the cool seat. Like this really I know you think about sitting here but this is right in the right in the line of the ac this is the spot to be i know except for on those monday night recordings when you like to freeze me out then
0: that's right i'm tempted to sit there but then your mic faces the ac first of all but or my mic would
1: our mics are the same
0: i know but our voices are not
1: (laughs) (laughs) we got this. we can figure this out
0: also right now i've got my back to the wall i mean i think we all know that's a dangerous spot to be in and that one you also have your Get my you know who, my side to the wall. You know who's really in the catbird seat to use a uh reference that the young people would be familiar with? <laughs> It's our guest, Joe Randazzo.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, this is the
0: spot. Yeah, that's the power spot. How do yeah. you feel there? Now, you know, you you didn't know our old table, so all you no. know is this table.
2: Yeah, this is a shock to me that this is new. Yeah. Um, but I was
1: just kind of sitting that here. That almost sounds like an insult.
0: I know. Thing. You just <laughs> dragged our table.
2: You know, when I did Charlie Rose years ago, his <laughs> table was very reminiscent of this. Really? I did do Charlie Rose with The Onion years ago, and it was shitty. It was very shitty, but everything was covered in black. Mm. Like, like this. This is not shitty. Am but- I digging myself further into a hole? <laughs> I was trying to, like, <laughs> pretend to um, brag, and then I had to back it up with right. true bragging. Yeah. But the, but the thing that I really ultimately wanted to get to is that Charlie Rose's set and table is really shitty and dumpy and, like, a piece of crap and look like shit. Well look. Your table's nice. Yeah,
0: I spent all of ninety nine dollars on Amazon on it, so I hope it But look it, it actually has sort of a nice whitish wood grain mm-hmm. to it. And uh my husband though, he's like, I think I'm gonna put the um the tablecloth on it. And I said, if it's good enough for Charlie Rose, it's good enough for Alice Rosen. <laughs>
1: it's, a, it's a good model to go yeah. by, I think, yeah. Uh
0: but wow, what a um what a um What's the word for what happened to him? Because he used to be That's, held in such high regard, yeah. and now, then he he crashed and burned, and now he's just, you don't hear from him at all.
2: No, he, like, joined that that group right. of disgraced men who yes. kind of, they sit in a pit, they kind of sit in a pit, mm. and some of them, like, go all the way to the bottom of the pit, and there's, like, right. people there to welcome them and be like, come on down, join the Proud Boys, or join, what? come on in, <laughs> everything's fine, and then... You know, some of them are kind of, like, still feeling bad. Right. In a mid-level of the pit. Yeah. Some of them try to climb out, but then, like, they slip and fall all the way down to the bottom, usually.
0: Oh, my God. It'd be so much fun to name names. Maybe we <laughs> should we or should we not. I don't <laughs> like, know. I think who's, it's pretty... Well, I want to know who's welcomed at the bottom of the pit.
2: Who's welcomed the, at the bottom? By
0: the Proud Boys and whatnot. Like, I like that you've positioned them at the bottom.
2: I Well, I think they are. they have kind of caught some scum, haven't they? Like... Like yeah. n- not not necessarily big name people, but I know that the Gavin McInnes kind of invites. Mm, yeah, I feel like people feel that. Much like maybe maybe some of the uh, voting electorate who call themselves deplorables felt like there's no one there for them, so just like go team up with the worst possible people.
0: Well, do you feel like Louis C.K. is doing that?
2: Yeah, but he's like a high level. Like, he's always going to be at a certain mm. level of the pit. Right. Because there's going to always be people like, uh, helping to hold him up. <laughs> like, oh, maybe I'll be able to open for him. But I actually thought that he, I thought if anybody, if any of the disgraced Pitman. Uh, pit, <laughs> pitman. <laughs> 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 we're gonna be able to climb out i thought he would be the one to do like i, know, I really it's did. like he's he couldn't even wait they're like not pulling year. him
0: back in he is di- diving back in yeah it's like he was like fuck you people outside the pit yeah i'm i'm a pit man i
2: now. was i've always been in this pit yeah and you didn't know it ben no and, and he seemed like he like i really thought oh he's thoughtful and like Self-reflective. And in two or three years, he'll come back with some kind of humble hour.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, Where
2: he sort of apologizes for what happened and tries to place himself in the public sphere as one of, you know, the examples for all of us of how not to be. (laughs) And, but
1: no, he like, he couldn't wait at all. And he went a very different way.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. He went toward the pit. He's, they they all kind of go with that. Well, fuck everyone then. Right. And Mm -hmm. fuck lesbians as well. (laughs) Right. You know? Right. For some reason, I'm just as mad at lesbians as I am as at anyone else Mm -hmm. when you're in the pit. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Cause they're in your face. (laughs) I guess (laughs) the way they love
0: women. (laughs) Yeah. They have short hair sometimes. Yeah. Um. Joe Randazzo, former editor-in-chief of The Onion.
2: Ooh, those were the days.
0: uh, You're a writer, you're a comedian, you're a dad. You also are the former head writer for At Midnight. A
2: lot of formers, yeah.
0: Yeah. What are you currently?
2: (sighs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say I'm focusing on my family.
0: Okay. You just celebrated Uh, uh, 12 years of marriage with your beautiful wife. Yes, I did. Congratulations. Thank you.
2: Yeah, her name is Catherine. That was a couple days ago, which also happened to be the day that we held uh, birthday parties for my now five-year-old and now three-year-old who have August birthdays.
0: Oh, I have kids who have birthdays in the same month too.
2: Oh, yeah? What month?
0: February. Great month. It's not a bad month. Uh, Now, you decided to have one party for both of them though because this is something that Daniel and I have wondered how do we do because they're February 3rd and February 20th.
2: That's kind of far. I mean, ours are a week apart. Mm. And then we have a third, an older child who's an October boy. So, um, and
0: does he get to celebrate or yeah, he does? Is it done for him? (laughs) Well,
2: he's six years older than the next one, so for six years he was just like it, right? And and so his birthday is in like middle October, so it would be like his birthday, and then you know, everybody would send him gifts, anybody who came by would bring him gifts because he we were also like the first of our friend group to have kids. Okay,
0: so how old is he?
2: He's gonna be 11 in Mm -hmm. October. And then there's Halloween, and then there's Thanksgiving, and then Christmas. He would have like four different Christmases into like the middle of January. So it was four different from like,
0: Christmases to celebrate with all the families. Yeah. Got it. Yeah.
2: There would be like our immediate family, then my wife and her siblings who lived in New York, and then my family in New Hampshire, and then Kat's parents in pennsylvania so she, she would have four christmases it would just be nonstop stop celebration that doesn't sound bad for a kid i mean it doesn't sound bad, bad to me as an adult a kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh he would be like ex- just expecting people to bring gifts whenever they mm. came over right and so it got bad so we yeah we consolidated
1: mm.
2: with the kids um and speaking of kids I just – I'm working on – or just got finished working on – or maybe I still am working on Kids Say the darndest Things, which they're rebooting with Tiffany Haddish.
0: Yes. Why did I just hear – I just heard about this recently – from you. From me? <laughs> um, yeah. It was on <laughs> like, a Twitter.
2: Like five seconds d- ago? <laughs> it was a Twitter.
0: D- yes. I just heard about it. <laughs> Funny you mentioned that because you just mentioned that a moment ago. No. Uh, you, we talked about it on, in Twitter direct messages. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, has, was there someone else that I was talking to oh, who yeah. worked on that? How was that?
2: Great. And- I'm going to do a few more, f- few more weeks on it also. I was there to do like field shoots in New York and Philly, Philadelphia.
0: Oh, I've always, I've always wondered.
2: <laughs> uh, she is a dream. I got to work with her a few times on At Midnight, but that's like a little bit different. Mm-hmm. People. Did you ever do At Midnight? I did. You did it like early on. I, I think. did it
0: twice. Um, I feel like one of the times was when you were there. Okay. Clearly, I made quite an impression. Well,
2: I did 500 episodes. So that's 1,500 different people. So I'm sorry, Allison.
0: <sighs> Whatever. I won. <laughs> you did? Yeah. While I was there? I don't know I can't now, see, remember no, I people have was-
2: have talked to me about like episodes and stuff right. that I've helped them like you know worked with them yeah. and I have no recollection I'm of I'm not
0: them 100% even being sure if show. you were there then. I feel like you were but I could be wrong.
2: I definitely saw your face cuz we would have pictures of the panel mm-hmm. for every episode. Right. I definitely saw your face, but I thought it was in my mind it's before I started in season two.
0: Yes. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent Well no, I know that I did it like in the last year. So that would have oh, been when you okay. were on there. Yeah. Um yeah. The first time was with Greg Proops and Dana Gould. Mm. And the second time was with one of Louis them. Again. CK and <laughs> and, <laughs> and Bill Charlie Cosby. Rose. Oh and Charlie yeah. Rose, yeah. He was um, great. Yes. So uh I need to hear more about this Charlie Rose experience.
2: He was definitely drunk. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, it was, um, me and Carol Kolb and Will Graham. Will Graham like ran the onion news network then. And now he's, he runs like every show on Amazon and Carol Kolb is also a, um, prolific TV writer of her own right. And then, you know, there's me as well. Uh, but we all went on, I don't remember what it was for. But it was a something cool, onion related. Yeah, probably. it was an onion yeah. related thing. Uh, it was really interesting. He was definitely drunk, <laughs> or like had recently been drunk, or right. was gonna be drunk soon. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was in the, like very glassy eyes and extremely in your face, and his hands are big and cover you. And uh, was studio, he putting his hands on you. He put his hands on me a few times. Okay. He's he's one of those guys. Yeah, like he, even if he didn't molest people or whatever, he did. There's those guys who are like politicians, yes. even if they're not, right? Who are just like kind of like I own you, and like, yes. We're gonna, I'm going to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And at first you resist, but then you're like, it's kind of nice that someone's paying attention. To
0: it me. is okay. That thing that you're talking about right there, that is a weird bit of being a human being to be sort like to have your physical boundaries fucked with by someone and then like i think because we're kind of pack animals you just like relent and then you're like oh you're my yeah. master now and i and i say that that's <laughs> a that feels like a problematic statement i just mean like sort of like a dog <laughs> yeah 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 you know like okay. women are dogs is what you're saying <laughs> <That's>, uh,
2: <laughs> so he's uh, taking what's his is what you're saying
0: yeah i really wish i hadn't said that um but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I did. Okay, I didn't think it was will, problematic at all. I made it a lot now. worse.
2: Right. But there's also a kind of mutual – like there, there's an intimacy to it. I think sometimes and, – and that's probably why they're doing it is breaking right. that down for good yeah. or ill. But where you're like, oh, someone's touching me and kind of like yeah, – yeah, I wasn't strong enough to push them off when they first broke through and right. now I'm just sort of like enjoying it.
0: Yeah. I'm in, I'm I'm like in big hands. Well, that used – <laughs> big hands. Um, <laughs> I mean that used to happen to me all the time as – a a single lady with low self-esteem who liked any guy who paid attention to me which is a flattering image i (laughs) I paint of myself (laughs) but i think that like any guy who would come up and just like come on really really strongly and then if he'd walk away i'd be like wait come back Mm. i liked that attention that was sort of inappropriate but human contact is
2: like the most important thing i think yeah like, I get why there's those hug clubs and stuff. Mm. Part of me is like, I wish I would, I wish I could go to a hug club. But then a much bigger part of me doesn't want to have anything to do with the hug club.
0: <laughs> is that the part that worked at The Onion?
2: The non-hug club yeah. guy? I think I brought a little hug club into The Onion. Oh. And maybe that's why I was, you know, so successful there.
0: Right. Tell because, me
2: Because, well, I think, you know, the people, the original Onion people... Going like this (laughs) because they're taller than me. Like
0: the water just the level went up.
2: Exactly. Um, We're all very much Gen X people, you know, Uh, slackers type of people who like worked at pizza shops and liquor stores, and then you know, as they did the onion part time, and then the onion became something Mm -hmm. while they were there, and they were there for that growth, and literally for a lot of them was the only job really they ever had. Right, and then I came. Along with a kind of half generation below them of people who like grew up with the onion or like thought of the onion as an entity, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was very mysterious then before it was online, really. No, there were no bylines and nobody knew who worked for it or anything or who did any of the writing. So I think I kind of like bridged the gap and then the, you know, the writers who are a little bit younger than me or like, are like hardcore, like I want to write for the onion, mm. like have that ambition, which is something that the older people at least aesthetically hate, you right. know? Like, what do you mean, man? We pissed in a room for five years and now we're <laughs> millionaire, you know? And no one, actually no one is a millionaire from the onion. <laughs> but they're like, This was an accident that it happened and it's like right. anti everything, and now we're here in New York. Yeah. So for them to be working hand in hand with people who are like, you know, like professional comedy writer people were mm-hmm. like, I want to be a comedy writer and part of my trajectory, you know, trajectory yeah. is to write at The Onion. For most of them, that was all they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of like in the in the middle, not quite so cynical, but also right. not quite so ambitious that's as so, the younger people maybe. That's so
0: fascinating. I feel like a little bit it's what happened to Real World. The first season, it's like, what? Cameras are here? Yeah. And then now they're just like professional – Camera people.
2: Everybody who appears on camera seems like they're professional now, even in the news. Don't you think? Yes. A little
0: bit? Yes. Like I do think Everybody knows that. What, what they're doing. That? What is that? I, because I, as someone who not only had low self-esteem and liked every guy who paid attention to her, but also like has always been, if I do say so, like really good on camera, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's a skill. But then you look at other people, and, and yes, I have had that thought of like, no, apparently everyone's good now. Yeah. I don't get it. I think is I it because of a camera because of phones?
2: Yeah, we, I think we've lived our lives in reality through the media for yeah for, for a while.
0: So you grew up in New Hampshire? Yes. What was that like?
2: Um, it's nice. It's nice. No sales tax, no income tax. So, mm. boom. You know, as a kid, you love that.
1: <laughs> that's uh, what that's what kids want. <laughs> yeah.
2: New Hampshire was good. I grew up in like this um sort of subdivision that was like all these like condos and townhouses that were built in the woods, basically mm-hmm. like all, you know, all the locals were mad. Cause that's used to be one of the best deer hunting spots, but it was like amazing at Halloween. Cause it's, there's like 270 units in this, you know, little subdivision. And so we didn't have to leave and it was just candy everywhere and kids everywhere. Um, it's a beautiful state. Uh, I was talking with somebody about this just today, how like, uh, my, where I lived was like kind of between rural and suburban. Like it was rural when I moved there. And then, you know, there was a Dunkin' Donuts and a traffic mm-hmm. light and then a McDonald's and then there was a mall. And that all kind of happened while I was there. But my school district encompassed several very, very rural towns, like hill people. Mm hmm who would travel down from the mountain for an hour to go to school, you know? And a lot of them would leave school in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade to literally work on the farm and stuff. And now, and and like Hicks were the popular kids at my school. Mm. It wasn't jocks. It was like shit kickers, people who did like Kodiak during assemblies and (laughs) spit in a big, (laughs) big gulp bottle. And, you know, like it was all country music at our prom. Um, and actually, I was, this is the thing I was telling one of my friends about. It was like, it was such a hick place that junior summer into senior year, a friend of mine organized this big, like, we're going into senior year. We're going to have a big old drinking party fun at the end of this logging road. And he, like, worked all summer. He got, like, 30 cases and, you know, got everything arranged. Tents were set up. There were multiple fire pits. And this was, like, our big end of summer bash. Perfect. In the middle of nowhere, no one's ever going to find us. And some of us are going to finger people. <laughs> and Were you on the finger list? I was. <laughs> I was mid-fingering when all these <laughs> engines start revving and like <clears throat> screeching and pulling up. The like most popular kid at school who had graduated that year pulled up in a fucking uh, pickup truck while other people surrounded our party on four-wheelers. Just went into tents, punching people. Oh my god! Uh, didn't punch me for some reason. Um, maybe he appreciated how good at fingering I was. <laughs> uh, you then
0: you think he could assess that from like, where he was? I'm gonna let this one ride. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: and and then uh, yeah, so beat people up, stole all our beer, and then chopped down a tree with a chainsaw to block our only exit. Oh my god! And then we're like, we're calling the cops, and just like sped out of there him and well, his crew like a
0: psychopath he's a psychopath
2: yeah. three of those like five main guys had all died by car accidents within like five years of that and like my was you he know one of them he was one of them yeah yeah like him and and two other friends of his who like right. terrorized us for no reason <laughs> like the cruelest meanest thing and then they chopped down a tree
0: yeah that seems
2: dramatic <laughs> yeah um but all these people it that also went to, seems
0: like lengthy like, how fast did this tree go down, or was it like everyone just sitting there waiting for the tree to fall? It was
2: kind of happening while we were being terrorized. Okay, and and it was a big enough tree that it uh, we could, people couldn't move it. Like,
0: so how did you guys get physical out? Physical
2: force. We t- people started ferrying four wheelers in from the good team from the rebels, <laughs> and we would ride them out to this road where someone came and met us with pickup trucks, and then we all just got out of there because we thought the cops maybe were right.
0: coming. What a nightmare! But
2: he's dead now.
0: Okay, good. I mean, sorry. <laughs> sorry for your loss.
2: He was a person that you know because well, the the thing I was going to say was I'm still friends with a you know a, a four or five people from from that time, and one of them will like share local news stories with us every once in a while, and there's just like every couple of months, like someone I went to high school with shows up and some horrible story of like you know, busted for drugs and the picture of them, they look like they're sixty-five and no mm. teeth. And there was one guy it was a domestic dispute where he threw his cell phone at his girlfriend's face because she ripped his colostomy bag out and he <laughs> sorry, was in I'm a sorry. wheelchair. I it was like, This poor guy, it hasn't been that long. Like, he's in a he has a colostomy bag now and he's younger than me, you know? Right. So right. Some of the people who stayed there it, it's it could be it brutalizes
0: them. And now, what was the name of your town? Penacook, New Hampshire. And why were you there? I mean, I, I know your family was there, but why were why were they there? And sorry, Tony, I'm messing with the microphone. I thought and I'd be again. more comfortable pulling it out of the. I've never seen that move. I'd I know. Before. I thought I would like it, and then I didn't.
1: Well, you learned.
0: That's right. No, but it's it's, it's look, it's one of my moves. It's one of my signature moves. It looks
1: very smooth from yeah. the catbird seat. Thank I you. Mean, I definitely think you're cooler now. Like, yeah. It definitely I'm just is saying you, you haven't been you
0: working with me for long enough to know all my moves. <laughs>
1: Apparently not.
0: Yeah. So this is one of them. It didn't work today. Well, but there's always next step. What were you That's trying right. to do? Well, I thought maybe I'd be more comfortable just holding the microphone, leaning back. But given the new table and the length of the cables and stuff. You don't want to risk it. Physics were conspiring against me. So, yeah, yeah, I'm happy here, though. I'm great. It's great. It's going great. (laughs) Tell me about this town and your parents. Do you have siblings?
2: I do. I have four siblings.
0: Oh, wow. That's a big Randazzo family.
2: Well, two of them are Feinbergs. So they were uh, kids my mom had with her first husband. Okay. And then me and then two younger brothers with with my mommy and daddy.
0: Got it. And are they still together?
2: Yes, they are. And, and they still live in Penacook, New Hampshire.
0: And what do they do?
2: They're both, they both worked in um, human services, like social work. And now my dad's retired and my mom's semi retired. And they're supposed to be moving out here. And to, wh- to what is the state?
0: California. California. It's, yeah, Cali. Cali. Um, what do, what, what landed them in Penacook?
2: Well, we we lived on Long Island, New York, before that, till I was eight, and then there's just a bad uh, economy there, mm. and some of my mom's family had already migrated up to New Hampshire. <clears throat> I think because of the no income tax, which is why people go there mm. sometimes, right? And Florida has no income tax as well. I think,
0: right? Is it? I'm realizing that. Um, if my final Jeopardy question was states with no income tax, I would not do well. Mm. Does it? St- I mean, I didn't know. That. Do these do these states still have no income tax? Yeah. Wait, yeah, actually, there's no.
1: None in Florida.
0: Yes, I did know that about Florida because frequently you'll find out that like wrestlers and other people have a home in, right. in Florida.
2: Yeah. Well, I think for a while New Hampshire had the highest millionaire per capita, or mm. that was something we would say. Like, right? You know, New Hampshire does have the highest millionaire per capita. I think. Right. And people would be like, that's cool because of the no income tax.
0: And you went to Emerson College. I did. Yeah. Um, what made you want to go there?
2: I guess because I didn't get into NYU. Okay. You know,
0: were you already wanting to do entertainment?
2: Yeah, I was. I had gone before to Northeastern uh, in Boston for like a quarter or a semester. I think they do quarters there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it. It was too big of a school. And so I you like, thought you'd go to a small place like NYU. Like, yeah. Want you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted I wanted to be back in New York, um, but I don't know what I did wrong, guys. I guess it was the essay.
0: What did you write about? I don't remember. I don't. Remember. I know.
2: Yeah. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, a couple friends of mine had gone to Emerson, and it seemed cool.
0: Tons of people in entertainment go there. Yeah.
2: It's crazy well they around the time i was there they they had started like kind of marketing themselves as like no we're a good school but they <laughs> but, but they still weren't right uh but that was like they made like cool brochures and mm-hmm. like jay leno went there you know doesn't um, get any cooler than that it does not <laughs> uh who else went to? henry winkler uh some other laura keitlinger
0: I like Laura Keitlinger. Yeah. I mean, I like the other ones too, but I actually know Laura Keitlinger just yeah. from having her on the show, but still.
2: And then since, you know, that era of people. Oh, Dennis Leary, maybe Dennis Leary. Anthony Clark. You remember Anthony Clark from I... the show Boston Common? hmm.
0: No, I feel like I should remember him. I don't know.
1: Norman Lear went there. Norman. Bill Burr, David Cross. Yeah, David Cross. He did a. <laughs> did, uh, more uh, they did a show. No, they did a show
2: at Emerson, and everybody was so excited to see them. And uh, and somebody was like, "Woo, Emerson!" And David Cross like, "Fuck, Emerson!" <laughs> so we're like, "Okay." <laughs> I like came here for a semester. Like, I think he was just tired of hearing people associate him with Emerson because yeah. I think he went there for a but semester. But if you do a,
0: a show there. I think you can expect that you're going to get some of that.
2: Yeah, but it's David Cross, though, so. That's true. <laughs> you know?
0: Are you not a huge lover of David Cross?
2: Oh, I'm a huge lover of David Cross.
1: <laughs> I don't have a problem with him. He's just like that. Yeah, yeah. he I say, I'm, feel the same way. Like, I've loved him for a long time, but anytime I've seen him perform or watched him, like, as a guest on a show, he just always seems grumpy and angry and yeah, something. It's yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. It can be grumpy.
0: Remember when it seemed like he was going to, maybe it never seemed that this way, but it seemed to me like he was the one who had the more robust career out of he and Bob Odenkirk. Yes.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Bob Odenkirk has shifted Yes, where like he became a really good actor. Mm -hmm. Like some, not even maybe, maybe late in breaking bad, but definitely by the time of better call Saul, we're like, Oh, you're a good actor. Like he,
0: he's a thespian now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, and maybe he's more analytical about things.
0: Mm, not Hasn't so fiery ch- and hot-headed like <laughs> yeah. David Cross yeah. putting down Emerson.
2: Yeah. So when I'll never did... Never forget.
0: What was your first that career... That fucker. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was your first career ambition? Um, I think I
2: always wanted to be like a comedian or comedic actor. Mm-hmm. And then I went to school for journalism Because I was like, oh, this will be a nice way to weasel my way in. (laughs) Like, I'll do a little Ira Glass type of thing, you know? Interesting. That
0: was what you thought at the time? Was Ira Glass already doing that at the time? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was nice enough to meet me. I just, like, randomly emailed him one time when I was... In Chicago, visiting a friend, and he like actually met me, and
0: that's the ambition of the new crew of onion people, yeah, to just email him that's cool, yeah, so so let's paint the scene. You just emailed him
2: <laughs> yeah, so I've <laughs> got my computer open,
0: <laughs> okay, what kind of computer
2: uh it was a emac,
0: an emac, yeah, do
2: you remember emac it was no. like um I think first there was iMac and then the eMac. I, I I could be misremembering. This might hold. This might be a totally created part of my life. Uh, no, it's real. I was living in in Cambridge.
1: It was like a white iMac, but it was like more powerful than the iMac at the time. I pulled the, the image up. I do remember these. I didn't realize that's what they were called. I remember
0: yeah. there was a gMac. That was way now before Now that I, I do that. not gMac remember. was real early on. Anyway, okay, so it's like a. It's like a big, bulky, but sleek-looking.
2: Sleek-looking sleek. And, and for 99 or
0: Oh, yeah. yes.
2: I loved that computer.
0: I think that when I worked at Time Out at the very beginning, they had me on one of those. Yeah. Some, were some of them blue? maybe, uh, the different colors?
2: Maybe. I know the IMAX, it's like on the sides, yes. I think. Yeah. yeah the iMacs definitely had that wide range of colors. Right. I don't know about the eMacs. I so thought the you eMacs were a little EMAC. classier than that. If okay.
0: so you're on a classy eMac...
2: I'm on a classy-ass EMAC. I had just gotten into Seeger Rose. Oh. Uh, so I would blast that on the EMAC. I think what had happened was I'd become friends with this guy who was like the NPR ombudsman, and he knew Ira, and he's like, here's his email. I emailed him.
0: Now, were you a fan of This American Life?
2: Yeah, and I was like, this is kind of what I want right. to do. Um,
0: like, like you want to do genie Moose stuff? Most stuff, but like more... Um, For my generation. Right, more intellectual.
2: Yeah. And funnier, probably.
0: Yeah. No, she's kind of funny.
2: Uh, Yeah, she is. She's droll. But I meant funnier than This American Life.
0: Oh, oh, oh. oh. Yeah. I thought you meant fun- <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry. Sorry. Uh, and I emailed him, Chicago, very hot, 98, 99 degrees, I would mm-hmm. say. I show up. I'm at the WBEZ offices. He walks in. And I said, Ira. And he looked at me and he was eating a wrap and his mouth was full. And he was like, oh, like looked terrified. Oh, no. And I was like, it's me, Joe Randazzo. And he was like, I, I was <laughs> like, I emailed you, Emac Sigur Rose," <laughs> uh, And he's like, oh, come in. Do you want some of my sandwich? And he like offered me his veggie wrap. Um, did you, did you I didn't, take not I, I didn't take any, no.
0: Imagine if you had how that would go.
2: I was, I was was, like saucy enough to have emailed him, but then a little thrown by him not like looking so scared that I was there. Yeah. And I think if I hadn't been so scared, I probably would have taken a bite of it.
0: Like a bite from the one in his hand as opposed to a secret extra wrap that he had.
2: He didn't have a secret extra wrap. That's what I'm saying.
0: It just, Yeah, he
2: offered me a bite of his wrap. Right. That's like a classic Ira thing.
0: I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh...
2: And then I was like, how'd you do it? And he was like, well, I worked for like 15 years on all these different things. And then like, you know, just lucked out kind of. I was like, ah.
0: So then did you go apply that? (laughs) (laughs) Sort of. But then years later. How old were you? Sorry, I cut you off. But how old were you when you didn't take a bite of his rap?
2: Probably 20, 21.
0: Okay. So you're like, you're all full of vim and vigor and ready to go become the funnier Ira Glass. Right. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and he's like, slow down, buckaroo.
0: Right. That's what they, That's what that generation always says. Yeah,
2: and he didn't say get on YouTube or like, which doesn't exist yet probably mm-hmm. even, maybe. Right. Uh, no, I guess that would have been, the timing of that probably wouldn't even have been the right time did he to give say you, go online.
0: Did he give you any advice? Did he give you advice or did he just kind of tell you how he did it?
2: That's what he said, really, was that. Yeah. I've met him uh, since then and he interviewed us at the onion oh cool years later which did was did he neat.
0: remember that you were no, there? no he didn't
2: remember and i've become friends with starly kine also who was like she was even the one who because i i also applied for an internship there i was denied
0: oh, and i brought that they up probably had years talked later. to nyu
2: <laughs> she was like how do you expect me to remember your internship <laughs> like are you fucking insane <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's like I have a cool name. thought yeah. maybe you would have – but he interviewed us at The Onion. Um, I, I gained some notoriety uh, from that episode because we were – he was recording an, uh, a headline meeting and I pitched Gay Retard Teased, which <laughs> didn't make it into the paper. But then everyone's like, I love Gay Retard Teased. This is in a different time now. Yeah. This was like five years ago.
0: <laughs> no, really. When <laughs> you was, can't was this? can't
2: say that anymore. Probably 2011, 2010, somewhere around So there. were you
0: a lot... When, when did uh, that become a thing that one could no longer say?
2: Probably four years, five years ago.
0: Okay. So this was... Uh, it was still game on for gay retard teased yeah. back then? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a... I mean, the joke
2: has some layers to it. Yes. Right. You know? You call someone a gay retard at school, that's like the worst thing you can say. But then when there actually is one and he's teased. Yeah. So I guess there's not that many layers to it. Uh, it's but
0: more, can, It's more than one.
2: It's, it's definitely more than one. But I can tell you that the day that he came to interview us was also the day that Heath Ledger died. Oh. Because he our offices were in Soho. He died or was killed by one of the Olsen twins. Yeah. We don't know, right?
0: I don't know which one. But I do know that he <laughs> was. one of them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and the cops just can't
1: figure out no, which one, so there's nothing they can do so about it. So,
0: my understanding is one's a little more like good with punctuality, and the other one's a little more easy breezy. But other than that, they're exactly the same. Yeah,
2: yeah. One of them, one of them killed him. But I, <laughs> I will remember because we were walking back from the writers' room, Ira and I, mm. and someone came over and said, "Did you hear Heath Ledger just died?" And I was like, "Oh my god, that's awful." And Ira Glass goes. Ugh. I wish it had been Bill Maher who died.
0: Oh my god! That was his
2: immediate response. <laughs> the first thing he thought yeah. and said, said to me. It's interesting. I was there when Ira, Grass le- Ira Glass learned that Heath Ledger died.
0: And wished that it had been Bill Maher. Yeah,
2: immediately.
0: Do you think he says that every time someone... I don't know. I'm wondering that
2: now. Because I've told that anecdote in private and then had the occasion to, to ask him once if he minded if I told people that. And he's like, no, tell anyone you want.
0: Good, because if he had said, yes, please don't repeat it, would you have had to like make a lot of house calls? Texts. Texts.
2: (laughs) I would have sent a group text. Yeah,
0: (laughs) to all the people who had received that. Yeah. I need to tell you guys about Yousician. Did you know that as many as 7 out of 10 adults wish they played a musical instrument? Unfortunately, many never do because they think it's either too late for them to start, too expensive, or they feel they don't have the time. Well, that is where Yousician comes in. Yousician is an online music education platform which rethinks the way people learn music. It's a super fun, easy and affordable way to learn guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, um, or even singing, I took a singing lesson through a musician, and it's really fun. It almost... Um Gamifies it. And I'm not sure I'm using the term gamify correctly, but it's almost like, um, Guitar Hero or, so anyway, uh, there's two people on screen and they're, they're, you know, walking you through the lessons and then they'll, there, there'll be a note that is sung and then you're supposed to sing the note. And if you get it right, it lights up. Um, and it's just really fun. Uh, and, um, I'm now in the opera. <laughs>
1: Congrats!
0: Thank you. That's, yeah, that you, you and made it was some serious. Progress. Honestly, it was really fast. Yeah, but without musician, I would not be a touring member of the opera.
1: <laughs> they're touring now.
0: We're touring. <laughs> yeah, we're, they're, we're taking our show on the road. Wow. Musician is designed to be fun and addictive almost like guitar hero or, or rock band, but with real instruments gives you 24 access to step-by-step video tutorials from world-class educators. You get bite-sized lessons with easy to follow instructions and exercises tailored to your goals. So if you've been wanting to learn an instrument or simply want some help getting back to playing, check out musician. You can get an extended 14 day free trial of their premium plus package at musician.com slash Allison. That's unlimited lessons and unlimited songs on as many instruments as you want, for two whole weeks, just go to com slash Allison to start your free trial today. That's com slash Allison. Y-O-U-S-I-C-I-A-N dot com slash Allison. I also want to talk to you guys about Ancestry DNA. Uh, Ancestry DNA is so awesome. Y- you guys might know a bit of my crazy backstory, um, which is that I did not know I was Jewish until my, uh, early twenties. And I found out now that I've done Ancestry DNA that my dad was 2% right. I'm 98% Jewish. I'm 1% tur- Turkish. That sounds wrong, but from Turkey, and then 1% just Germanic. Um, I'm being joking about the fact that my dad was 2% right, although technically he actually was, but um I just love... I love being able to connect. Um, I haven't actually reached out to anyone, but I'm if I want to, I can connect with all these different cousins in all these different places. Um, there's like a whole family tree element of it. There are documents that you have access to, which is really cool because I can see, um, you know, I can see uh, like marriage certificates, birth certificates. When my dad traveled to Europe, uh, by boat in, I forget what year. Uh, there's a document of that that I have access to. If I look at the document, that'll tell you what year. Um, it's just fascinating to find out the story that your DNA tells you. Uh, Only Ancestry DNA uses the world's largest family history database to give a deeper and more detailed DNA story. You can combine what you learned from your DNA with over 100 million family trees and billions of records for more insight into your genealogy and origins. Save big on Ancestry DNA with special holiday pricing and spark meaningful conversations around the holiday dinner table. Give the gift that can unwrap their history. Head to my URL at ancestry.com slash best friend to get your Ancestry DNA kit on sale today. That's ancestry.com slash best friend. Again, that's ancestry.com slash best friend. Okay. So then how did you get, how did you start working at the onion?
2: uh started working at the onion because i started doing improv at this theater in new york and i met people who worked at the onion through that and then and then an opportunity arose and i took advantage of it mm.
0: yeah i want everyone to know that you just like grabbed the air and you just made it your bitch
2: <laughs> yes i did
0: like charlie rose with his big hands yeah um what was the opportunity
2: an opening a job opening
0: look at you <laughs> look at you working the back door <laughs> <laughs> i so, so i lived in new york for a period of time and i saw ass cat and i feel like maybe you were the monologous g- 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 yeah could you have been i did it a
2: few times yeah okay. one time i did it on my birthday mm. and it was like the whole original fucking ass cat and ed norton was there with his girlfriend oh wow watching and i told a story about how um if you're going to deal with customer service, like in particular, the cable time Warner, just to be drunk because <laughs> it's just is like kind of fun. And I was like complimenting the people I was talking to. And and I, and I remember looking over Ed Norton with his girlfriend like, yeah, like this is, yes, this is true. That's what it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I was like, wow, it's my birthday. Ed Norton loves this thing.
0: Wow. Does it get any better? Does it get
2: any better than this? No.
0: <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> it never did.
0: See, now I'm, now I'm doubt, I was not there on the Ed Norton night. Okay. Now I'm doubting that it was you. Th- okay. I feel like it was someone from The Onion, but I also feel like it was like a a big hairy dude. Was I, there a big hairy dude Todd Hanson?
2: Was he kind of, did he wear like a leather jacket and biker gloves with no, the fingers cut off? No. All it was right. someone
0: who like probably had like cargo shorts and almost like, like my brain it like wants it, like it was a, a white or Indian Reggie Watts. Okay. Was there anyone like that at the onion who could have been at doing ASCAD?
2: So not me. I don't, cause I don't, I don't look like a white or Indian Reggie Watts. I don't know. And Um, I don't even know
0: that this guy did either. (laughs) I question a lot of things about this memory. (laughs) Well, I've
2: done it a few times. I never looked like that. When would this have been?
0: Two thousand two or two thousand
2: three. Oh, okay. So I wasn't even there then.
0: Then it wasn't you.
2: No. It could have been
0: I Or two thousand four at the latest. I don't know. I know that whoever it was used the term swamp ass. Ugh. Yeah, and I had not, I was not familiar with that term and I didn't like it. Oof, he was talking like about that. like something happening the getting swamp ass in the back of a cab.
2: Ugh. I don't know who that would be. It, it doesn't sound like anyone I know.
0: Okay. Maybe <laughs> this is one of those Gen X onion people.
2: Yeah. Probably. Well, I know them.
0: But it doesn't sound like any of them.
2: <laughs> Swamp ass Reggie Watts <laughs> like, white or car- Indian cargo. <laughs> cargo shorts. Hairy. Very hairy. hairy.
0: Like maybe like a big head of dreadlocks. No. <laughs> or just long hair.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> now I know, I'm not even
0: sure he worked at the onion. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it Reggie Watts? No, I am sure he worked at The Onion, though.
1: Who's that guy that looks just like Reggie Watts? Uh, Chris Cubis? (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Maybe he was Onion AV Club?
2: Maybe, but those are all even whiter people. I don't know. We're never going to...
0: I know. We we should move on,
2: but it is before the days because because it, it used to be very protected and precious and sacred to say that you worked at the Onion. Like even if you contributed, unless you were a full time person, like you couldn't really say that you worked at the Onion. They let They told of, people that. Well, that was just the kind of the like culture. the culture of it. Of like a, a very small group of people right. write it. A very small group of people contribute to it regularly, and then slowly we opened up a wider and wider net.
0: And then it became like full on.
2: Yeah, it's a little on. bit different now. It's still very good. Like I, I think they still do a good job, but it's much more. It's been bought and sold a couple times now. It Just got sold to a uh, what, is, what are those companies called that suck? They just buy stuff and then sell them. Yeah, an ca- uh, investment uh,
0: venture capital equity venture I equity. I think I know. It, yeah, look, I've seen Succession. I think I know. It, yeah, it's one of them. <laughs> it's
2: one of those people. Private equity firm. Oh. That's what I'm going okay. for. Um, So they're much more, like, I don't know. I know some, well, I don't know. They just, the people that bought them clearly don't understand, like, content creation. Right. Or editorial or, like, they didn't understand. From conversations I had, they're like, well, why don't we just cut all of the production budget and just do it as cheap as you would do to write articles like for videos and stuff Mm. like, well, you can't, you cannot though. Right. You cannot do that. And they just didn't understand that you had to like spend money to produce stuff.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So when and why did you leave?
2: Well, the onion, uh, at the time I left was the editorial office was in New York and the business office was in Chicago and they, Wanted everybody to come move to Chicago. Oh, because the owners then were setting the company up to sell, so they were kind of just shore up, trying to shore up all their overhead mm-hmm. and costs and other business stuff. Right, um, and they moved to Chicago, and there's this you know production tax break there that they were touting, but what they didn't realize was that like because there's so many fewer people working in production in Chicago. The costs are actually higher Mm. because there's just, there's more demand and not as much supply. Whereas in New York, like you could produce stuff a lot more cheaply, whatever. So when they moved to New York, it was this whole, uh, or when they moved to Chicago, it was kind of a dramatic uh, few months. Right. Of like not the best communication and people assuming the worst about each other and the worst generally being true. (laughs) Uh, and then, like a group of us actually tried to get we found a buyer for the onion who would buy it and keep it in New York
0: like on your own,
2: yeah, uh and we how, actually how arrived. ragtag it was pretty ragtag yeah I, I don't know how much I can even say about it. I really don't know if there's any legal, there legal weirdness thing? or not, okay. but there was a ringleader who found the buyers uh and if and if you knew who he was, you would agree he's the ringleader mm it's not Charlie Rose,
0: and it's not this guy who looks like it Reggie. It is God. that guy. Oh my God! You had it, this in your back pocket the whole time. Um, so then, what happened? So you found a buyer,
2: but then I'm they not, met I'm with not them. I'm not pressing
0: you because I don't. because there's some potential legal. Something I just or don't other. know
2: if it's weird or, yeah. or like unbecoming of me to you know. Because mm, okay. it was a very tumultuous time, and I think everyone's moved past it, but I don't know. We but found a buyer. Happen. They met with the Onion. Yeah, it didn't happen. And then everybody was mad at everybody. And then they just moved to Chicago anyway, but only like two or three of the editorial staff went, and the rest of us Quit. stayed in New York. Yeah. And we all went and worked for Adult Swim after. Oh,
0: that. how was that?
2: Fun and interesting. Yeah. It was so pretty wait, fun. you were
0: the EIC, though, right? The editor in chief. Uh-huh. You were like the big kahuna, <laughs> the big man. I used to work in magazines. So I know. Yes. Um, And then they just went to Chicago. Who was their editor-in-chief then?
2: Um, I think it became this guy named Cole Bolton was their editor-in-chief then.
0: I mean, that seems like a big change to suddenly shift editorial like that. Well, I think
2: also at that time, um, you know, when I was there, editorial kind of ran things for the business ultimately. Or we were just sort of like on a high pedestal. But then when they moved to Chicago – just kind of gave them the opportunity to restructure things a little bit. And it became more of a owner's market.
0: Got it. So then you went to Adult Swim. Yeah. You worked on TV stuff.
2: We did their website. We, well, we started a new website called Thing X that lasted a year or two. And then that became AdultSwim.com. And then they shut that whole mm. thing down. So like, I don't think this is actually what we want to be doing. But they had tried to do, I don't know if you remember, Super Deluxe?
0: Yes, vaguely.
2: That was like their big splash where they spent a ton of money on it. When people still didn't really know what online content was going to be, people thought it was just, well, we'll still do the same thing. We'll just make it smaller. Right. And then they were like, well, we spent too much on that, so now we're going to spend less on you guys. And then they were like, ah, this isn't really working out either. And then they just did Super Deluxe again. Oh. And I don't think it worked out.
0: So at what point did you say, hey, I'm going to write for television?
2: Um, well, first when I was offered a job, which was a year or two later, 2014.
0: And you were still in New York at the time?
2: Yes. I was in New York, worked on a show called Lie Detectors. It was actually in Connecticut at that time. It's hurting my brain to re- try to remember all this I know, stuff. I'm sorry. Allison.
0: You want to talk about something lighter?
2: <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm just trying to keep all the years straight. And God, there are a lot of dark years in there. Oof. Well, what I just remember something really bad I did. Okay, share. Yikes. <laughs> no, no, no. There's nothing like that. Oh. I was just, uh, I moved, moved to Connecticut at this house that we had bought after the Adult Swim thing shut down. I was writing a book about com- like comedy, comedy careers called Funny on Purpose. And then I got a job. Did that come out? It did come out a couple years ago, a few years ago. Nice. Every once in a while, someone will like email me that they read it and I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot I did that. And that feels really good mm. to have like, yeah, somebody say something you did meant something to them. Right.
1: So rare. Yeah. To get nice. that. Well, you and, probably and get it all the time.
0: I'm, I'm simply drowning in uh, positive affirmation. She makes me listeners. text her every day.
2: Really. <laughs> mm. Large handed <laughs> men.
0: <laughs> um, Sorry, tell us what Funny on Purpose is again.
2: It's like, um, it's sort of a reference book slash guidebook for different facets of comedy career. So I got to interview a a bunch of different people who kind of represented different aspects of things. Like I I, uh, interviewed Jack Handy. Oh, wow. Weird Al. I got to interview Joan Rivers. One of her last interviews wow, before I was killed that? her. <laughs> it was awesome. She it was, was
0: either going to be you or one of the Olsons. So
2: that <laughs> <laughs> uh, was great. She was really, really nice. And like, wh- you know, after she had said enough, she was like, "Okay, okay, now who's been an a- who that you've interviewed has been an asshole?" And she, I was like, "I don't know, no one. Everyone's been really nice." She's like, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Look, <laughs> like, I haven't interviewed Ricky Gervais, and she's like, "He seems like an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> probably or he will become one yeah. i'm sure
0: right how prophetic
2: uh yeah paul f tompkins tim and eric um got to interview all these great people like jack handy and joan rivers especially were like so awesome to get to and then talk to them
0: did you do q a's in it or was it like written through like were they researched? they're
2: researched yeah
0: no, no, um no. I, I sorry i mean I didn't mean, did you research the stories? I mean, did you use that as research or were you like, no, that was each chapter had like an
2: interview with a person in that field. Got it. Um, Judd Apatow. I also interviewed. There was some, some other famous person. <laughs> I love talking about famous people that I've met or interviewed. Charlie Rose. Who else? Arnold Schwarzenegger. When I was in fifth grade really? met him. Yeah.
0: How and why?
2: He was uh, he was the president's, um, re- like, uh, representative for physical fitness.
0: I remember that, sort of, yeah. Yeah,
2: he went around towns.
0: Yeah. Well, he never came to our school, but we did do the presidentials. Yeah. It's like one of my least favorite weeks of the year.
2: Terrible. I mean, I kind of looked forward to it, but you, I could sense the dread.
0: Were you athletic?
2: I still am.
0: <laughs> were and are you athletic?
2: <laughs> Very. What do you do uh, now? Yeah. I play soccer.
0: Now. You do? Are you yeah. so you got to be on a league cuz you can't play soccer by yourself.
2: No, but it's like it's more of a actually my through my kid's school like the parents play, the other parents of schools. Um Oh my god. And this kind of tournament Martha, thing.
0: My son is starting preschool next week. I really hope we're not one of those schools. <laughs> do they did they let you know ahead of time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll let you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it's
2: not mandatory by any means.
0: Yeah, I know, but uh, you know, I want to be on the fast track.
2: Right. Wait, <laughs> you do want to you You so no, want to avoid it if there's any possibility. I want
0: to avoid team sports that I would require me to be involved. I want to be in on like the inner circle of the cool parents. Right. I just want whatever we do to not involve soccer.
2: Gotcha. So you definitely want to be influential and in the know, but you want to get up. You you want to align yourself. With something that doesn't involve,
0: I want to be any of that. Early. influential in the know and sedentary.
2: Got you. <laughs> Shouldn't be that hard. Thank you. For I, think the you'll, I think you'll do well.
0: Yeah. Okay, That's, so you play on a team.
2: I d- it's not a league, though. It's like a it's like a weekly scrimmage. Pick them up.
0: And does your wife play too? No. no. Is it She's just not dudes? that athletic? Okay.
2: No, it's mixed mixed race, but it's <laughs> mixed but it's, sex, mixed gender.
0: But your wife just isn't into it.
2: No. No, that's not her physical thing. She's Got more it. of a yoga person.
0: Okay, do you yoga as well?
2: No, I think I would like it, but I just I just never have. I don't mm. know why. It's like we were talking about float earlier,
0: right? You have a ton of gift certificates to float. Yeah,
2: for a couple of Christmases, that was what like everybody gave. Right in the biz,
0: yeah. Show that's business, everyone. show business, huh? <laughs> that's everyone. Yeah,
2: but I've never done that or. Or yoga, really. But I don't, I don't know why. I think I'm just nervous for that first yoga session.
0: You should break through. I feel like they'll be... I've done one yoga class. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was for me. But they were very comforting. It's just the class was really, really long. Yeah. I mean, I, I might still be there. I don't know.
2: If it hadn't been so long?
0: No, I mean, it's so long. It might still be going on. And I might still be there. That's how long it is. Oh. Part of me is still there.
2: But that's funny that you're encouraging me to just go, Well,
0: but you
1: didn't make it past one.
0: That's right. <laughs> Tony, yoga? Uh,
1: I have done it. I will occasionally do it. I'm terrible at it. Uh, it's harder than you think it's going to be because mm-hmm. I feel like without ever doing it, I was always like, you see, I'm like, oh, that seems like my type of yeah. exercise. You just kind of stand there and do some stretches. Yeah, like, yeah, let's do this. Yourself. And it is surprisingly hard. Yeah, And yeah. You quickly realize how not flexible and shitty your body is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I'm hurting Sounds your perfect. brain. I may <laughs> I've been hurting your brain by making you recall the, the all the years in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll just so I'm just gonna do a little more of that. You
2: know what I think it is? What is that? There was a a time when uh I would uh, I was involved in more media and I feel like I would tell my story a lot. Or like enough that I kind of had it down. Yeah. And now I'm like still expecting
0: mm, to, to go come. into
2: autopilot and it's not. And I'm like, oh, I have to really think. I have to remember. Well, And then I was like, oh, and now I have different feelings about that time than, than I did when I used to just talk
0: about it. But that's good. For me, at least. <laughs> I mean, for selfishly, you. that's better than like you going on autopilot was not what I want.
2: But that's what we said I was going to do in the emails.
0: I know, but that was a lie. I was no, lying. I, mean. I was lying when I said I would love just you to Just do
2: whatever. No yeah. one cares.
0: <laughs> so what are your different feelings about it now?
2: Um I don't know. I guess I just have it's I have more distance from it, so it's like, oh, it's not just a story. I remember now like being stressed about this and being uncertain about that and you know. Right. Cuz we had yeah and then also being like ah it's too much details who cares that's part of it too
0: oh i care
2: you're my new best friend
0: i have to care it's kind of my job after adults Swim ended we
2: moved to this place in connecticut no i got you all caught up
0: yeah so uh, the when did you move out here when did at midnight happen
2: 2015 15? oh you're so <clears throat> you're fresh yeah i've only been here a few years yeah 4 years i think this may
0: and did you move out for at midnight? Yes. How did that all happen?
2: Um, they needed a new head writer.
0: What happened to their old one? Can you say?
2: I think it just didn't work out. Okay. They had had two before me, and and I think I think it was just a not a good vibe
0: right. for everybody.
2: Mm. Um, I don't think there's anything like in particular, just sort of like. Literally, this isn't working out. Right. But I had made friends through Twitter with Alex Blagg. Do you know Alex Blagg? I Blag? do. I've
0: had him on the show. Yeah.
2: Wonderful man. I was yeah. just at the beach with him this morning. Oh. Him and his children and me and my children and our wives.
0: How great for you guys. It was great. Yeah.
2: Except it was just a little too dangerous. Mm. Like it was, the, the, I don't remember, where did we go? Will Rogers and Malibu. And it was just too wavy. Yeah and a little my kids are still pretty little and there's just like every 15 seconds you're like oh, you know they might sound, die
0: yeah that sounds not relaxing at all
2: um he who knew me from twitter was like oh i bet joe would be good and then and then i got the job
0: look at that mhm just from you being funny on twitter
2: yeah and nice
0: funny and nice and then you came out took the job yeah. Uprooted your whole family and your whole life.
2: Yes. But we had been talking about moving out here and try, you know, right. trying to make it. Yeah. And then that gave me the false sense of security about how L.A. operates at all times, which is you land in a job that where you work 41 weeks a year, you know, and mm-hmm. it's stable. And <laughs> as long as the show is on the air, you're doing great. Yeah. And then and while I was there, too, I wound up... Uh, I wrote this um, the movie for funnier Die called The Art of the Deal, uh, starring Johnny Depp as Donald mm. Trump. Oh. And I was like, wow. Like, I, you know, those was within like a year or something yeah. of me being there. And I was like, oh, okay. All of a sudden, I was like at Johnny Depp's house doing ADR with right. him for this thing that I pitched to them. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And of course, when he was on, when he got on, like everybody went, you know, Alfred Molina mm-hmm. and all these great people. So I was like, I guess, I guess this is what it's like.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. But it's not like that all the time, you know. It's a little bit. It can be a little bit frustrating at times. Yes. Uh, but we came, we came for that, and then we had a third kid while we were here, and then we moved. We were in, we lived in Los Feliz for a while, and now we live in Glendale.
0: Um. Are you frustrated currently? I'm getting
2: unfrustrated. Tell me more. Well, things that I've been working on are um not dying. Good. Uh and I've had some more um decent seeming job prospects. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it's just a combination of like bad luck with things like uh, you can have like I had in a 24-hour period a show that I had worked on the pilot for. That I had a great deal for, and we were like, "Let's do this, canceled and and actually reengineered with different people, mm. not me and then a show that I was working on that we were set to shoot in two weeks, cancelled within twenty four hours of each other, oh, but geez. I lost both of those jobs, and I was like, That's my whole year, you know, and then you're kind of just playing catch up and just you know, and so much of it is. I got to pitch this. I got to develop this. I got to write this treatment. I got to write this treatment. I hadn't done a submission packet in 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 years. You know, I've been I I I read submission
1: packets.
2: (laughs) You know, I mean, I would do them when stuff came up. It was a show I really wanted to do, and they didn't know anything about me. But but getting back into that mold of like, oh, that's right, you got to do all this free work, and most of the time they don't tell you that they're not going to hire you. You hear maybe that somebody else got hired or maybe the show went away. Right. Or, oh, no, they. Just, this is what I always hear. Ah, they just wound up hiring some of their friends, you know? Mm. It's like it's a small room, so they just hired some of their friends. Okay, well, cool. I'm glad I went through the whole entire <laughs> process because, you know, for people who don't know, submission packets usually, it's it's ultimately a couple days of work mm-hmm. just to usually be thrown into a pile with a bunch of people... And I know, you know, having read many of them, that I definitely took it very seriously and read every single one and tried to give stuff its due consideration. But I've also been on places like where I would read 200, 300, or 400, you know? How do you stand out? And like, I'm reading 20 or 40 at a time before my brain just stops working. Mm -hmm. How do you stand out, you know? And that's why I try to keep... Reminding myself because everybody in this business, you have to think, well, I'm special. I'm actually different than everyone. <laughs> I'm actually a little bit better and a little bit different and luckier, but we're not, you know, none yeah. of us really are. Yeah. To try to remind myself, like, it doesn't, it, there's so many other things that go into how a person is selected to work mm-hmm. for one of these jobs. And as much as your entire being and sense of self worth, and actually, your physical monetary worth is tied up in your own talent. Like you have to kind of remind yourself that it's also quite a bit of luck and chance and happenstance and someone might be in a bad mood or it might not have anything to do with anything. And if you don't, you will kill yourself.
0: If you don't remind yourself that there is a part that you can't control. Yes.
2: That 99% of it, I think you can't control. Right. You know? Right. So, but I've I've also been super lucky where I've just gotten to I've never had to like work with a monster mm-hmm. or even really an asshole mm-hmm. you know and I had like the onion I worked there for 6 years adult swim I worked there for two or three years and then at midnight I was I was there for 500 episodes that's a long time most people don't ever have that kind of stability in this business right so it's been very humbling to just sort of be like, well, I'm back. I'm kind of feel like I'm starting over in a way, Mm. you know?
0: Um, it sounds really hard.
2: Yeah, it is hard. And I think, you know, um, there's this weird thing too, where I had like, I had like all these high level jobs so that like weirdly enough, when stuff would come up, sometimes I wouldn't hear about it because people would be like, uh, Joe's too high level for this. And I'm like, but no, I'm not, but no, because (laughs) I'm literally, I'll work at any level. Mm -hmm. And that's always been my take on things too, is like, no job should be below you. You know, like there's always something to learn from any job or or, a, a person to get to know or a skill to adapt or even to figure out what you're not good at. You know? Um, but I don't know how where i where I lost myself in there it's uh it's torturous sometimes, you know, and you keep dealing with rejection, and you're like, "Am I bad mm. am I bad though yeah. like I don't think I am, and then you're kind of in your head and and you know, and I used to think like I can kill it at any meeting, I just kill it, I know how to sit, I know how to sip
1: <laughs>
2: like i I know how to do it, and then there'd be like. You know, I remember one or two meetings where it was like, Ooh, I knew where I blew it. I blew it right there where I told them what I thought they were doing wrong (laughs) on their show. You're never supposed to do that. You're supposed to tell them everything they're doing right. And then if you get hired, then you can help figure out the stuff that's wrong. Right. And then I was just in my head for like, oh, I'm bad at meetings. I'm actually bad at them. And I would be so nervous. And I would just like, and then you're not presenting yourself as someone who feels comfortable or confident or that they should even be there. Yes. And and you know it's like and I think if people ever smell weakness, like you have to sound like I got so much stuff going on, you wouldn't right. even. <laughs> I barely have time to even talk to you, because people right. are like, oh, okay, well I want to be near that. Yes. And but if you give any, and it's like it's this weird industry too where we're supposed to, we're pretending everything is based solely on skill and talent. It's not. Mm-hmm. But you can never be like, help me. I need money. <laughs> for my family and my health insurance, which is going to run out. Can you give me a job based on that? Like accepting that I'm pretty much in the same level of the bulk of people. I'm not as good as the best ones. I'm better than the worst ones. So it may as well be me. And also (laughs) I need the money for my family. Can you do that? Like, I feel like in other industries, you could sort of make that case to someone to a degree of like, I really need this right now. Uh, But you, you can't ever no, say that. It's
0: weird in this industry. There's like this real sort of, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pretense that none of it has to do with money, even though like everything has to do with money. Yeah.
2: That's, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and yeah. And you're not really supposed to talk about it. And yet we have like multiple, multiple industries who have injected themselves into this industry just for the money. Right. So like clearly money is a big part of it.
0: Yeah. But you have to
2: go so long without making any money, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and I used to hear people say that, like, oh, they pay you really well because there's a lot of downtime when you're not getting any income. Right. It's like, oh, thank God that is the truth. Because, you know, you can go months, months, you can, people go, people go years without working. It's like, how do you keep going?
0: So how do you what kind of self care do you employ, Joe Randazzo?
2: Well, I took up smoking again and I just quit <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh, good. Uh, thank you. My son found out and, you know, he didn't give me a hard time, but he was like, you got to quit. You have to.
0: Oh, now this is, which son is this?
2: The 11 year old almost. Okay. Um, and I knew I had to also. It was just definitely like all the just feeling all those dirty old habits and rituals coming back, you know, and they're kind of comforting. You're like, and you think like, I'll do this for the weekend, you know, (laughs) but then it's been a year and a half. and Uh like, Oh, I guess I'm just this guy. (laughs) I don't want to be, you know, I don't know. I think about how people like a million times when you watch an interview with someone, they're like, you got to just believe in yourself. You got to just stick with it because there's going to be so many rejections. And you hear that when you're a kid and you're like, well, maybe for you, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. But like that corny mantra is like, ah, that maybe is the thing that really separates the people is those who just like stick with it. Yeah. But then again, there's those who stick with it way too long. Yeah. And you can see it and everybody can see it except them. And the fear of being that person is way worse, I think.
0: I know what you mean. Than anything. Yeah. Not that I think I am, but you just don't want to be. No. no I get because it.
2: you wouldn't know, like you wouldn't know. Yeah. Right? If you're that person, you by definition wouldn't know. Maybe deep down you do, but you've do you got to operate like that. Do those people like ever you wonder
0: if they are though? Maybe that's what makes you not. The fact that you're wondering, cuz I feel like those people never really wonder.
2: You have a certain type in mind, I think, who probably believes their talent is much higher than it is. Yeah. And they're maybe not willing to actually put in you're thinking like of a Tommy Wiseau type of person?
0: I don't even know. I'm, I'm not getting...
2: The Room. The guy who directed the that movie, The Room. Yeah.
0: No, I, I, know, I know the name and I, and I know of the movie. I don't know who I'm thinking of. I'm just thinking of that guy where everyone's just like rolling their eyes behind that person's back and they've yeah. been like trying to get their script, something happening with their script for years. That being said, eventually sometimes then like you hear of there's so many people who have had success and it's like they had been trying to get that project off the ground for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How'd you meet your wife? Uh, I know. Sudden, <laughs> sudden shift.
2: <laughs> I met my wife through, and it's really just through like a uh, friend groups in Brooklyn. We, I first met her working on a friend's short film. She's a chef. She was catering it. These brothers like, they made a 10-minute movie and, and wound up getting like 75 people to, to work on it. Wow. Um, I don't think it was very good in the end. Uh, and then, um, let's see. I, I met her the day after her 26th birthday. Our friends had a duck gumbo party. And I showed up there and I had just recently broken up with my girlfriend mm. two months before. And she was, you know, she was on there looking good i had my little bicycle she told i think she told one of my friends that she thought i was cute and they said cat thinks you're cute and i was like oh cool it was so and we were in our late 20s yeah and then we kissed outside a bodega and then uh, we pretty much have been together every day since then that's so sweet it has sweet moments yes
0: <laughs> what does it also have
2: <laughs> well we've been married 12 years and we have three kids so you know it can be stressful. Yeah. We've been through a lot together. We now have a three-legged dog as well.
0: What happened? Named Dottie.
2: She was born without a fourth oh, leg.
0: okay. That's better than like she if she lost her legs. So. Yeah,
2: a railroad accident yeah. or something. No.
0: No, it's great. Do you, do you refer to it as a tripod? Because I've seen people-
2: Sometimes. I can usually tell if someone wants me to say that. I'll mm. say, like, I can, you can see it in their eyes How? if they want to How say tripod, tell? tripod. Um, they usually have a big juice. They might have a big <laughs> juice okay. or they're an older woman who has like, they're very fit and tan mm. and they probably make their own oatmeal or something, you know? Do they like, live in
0: Culver City? Because I feel like that's where those women are.
2: That's a whole other kind of Yeah, thing. it is. They I'm, might not
0: be that tan, yeah. but they do have long hair and they're old and fit.
2: Yeah. N- yeah. These These women are more like I don't know. Maybe they did Peace Corps or something or thought about it. Seriously thought about it. Right. Almost did it. Yeah. Um, People love saying tripod or tripod though. Tripaw? Yeah, I hear tripod too. Oh, wow. I love tripods. Do you love all of them? (laughs) It's so weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, I haven't had a dog in my adult life. It is the great bringer together. Like I've had so many conversations with, with complete strangers, because the dog allows you to mm-hmm. break that ice, baby. All yeah. from all walks of life, big hands, little hands, all kinds of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I never had a dog in New York, although I did want one. But I did this story for Time Out in New York about um, like pop. Uh, the The pet scene, basically, and people having kids later, and I mean, this story has been done a thousand times since I was the first one, <laughs> first one ever write this story, cover story about New Yorkers and their pets. And I remember interviewing someone who you might know. Actually, do you know o- Owen Gleiberman from EW?
2: no well i don't think so that name sounds really he,
0: yeah funny. he's a, a movie critic but anyway he was talking about the social scene that had opened up to him since getting a dog and taking his dog to the dog park and especially in a place like new york where it's mm. well i don't know if you found did you find it easy or hard to make friends in new york
2: uh easy okay easier
0: because you play soccer
1: <laughs> yeah
0: Cause you, all, just you dribble just league, that ball up and down, sports. down the street. <laughs> you had your bike. <laughs> yep. Biking. Had your bike. Yep. And, and league sports. And
2: league sports. Yeah. But I don't know. I had a very well-established, like, I kind of almost got adopted into a social group. How? Just through, like, friends. And then it was, there's just a big group. There's, like, this just big group of friends who are all, there's, like, ten marriages out of it. Wow. Yeah, no divorces yet.
0: I love New York, but I did not have that in New York.
2: I think it was maybe a little rare. I don't know. It was our crew, but it was a big group. I
0: would have liked to be part of a crew. Yeah. And it wasn't college-based. No. It was location-based or career-based?
2: I think it was kind of (laughs) personality-based. Like my good friend Nick, who was my best man, who was also like – he was the one who went to Emerson. I was like, oh, I'll check it out. He's just a very – like he just attracts – certain kinds of people and is attracted to certain kind of people. Very easy. He's like a social nexus. And then there's this other friend, Frank, who's like another kind of social nexus. And they were already friends from like high school. And so when they combined forces, it just, everybody. Wow. Just got sucked in, came into this big group. Yeah.
0: And Kat was part of this group too.
2: Kat was part of the group. Yeah. She dated a guy who worked at the restaurant with Frank.
0: Which restaurant?
2: I think at that time it was Aqua Grill. Mm. But she worked at Gramercy Tavern. Maybe you've heard of that. I
0: have actually come to think of it.
2: Marlowe and Sons Diner, the Brooklyn
0: places. I have not heard of that one. Okay. It's okay. Where in Brooklyn were you?
2: We lived in Greenpoint.
0: Mm, That's cool.
2: Those were the days. Yeah. Um... I was going to say something so cool and fun. Oh, interesting. What was it? I don't remember. Damn it.
0: Can we jog your memory? Did it have to do with Greenpoint or tripod? I
2: think most of those people in Brooklyn, a lot of them have moved out now. They're having yeah. kids and stuff. Everybody's out. Did they
0: go to New Jersey.
2: We have another small group of friends who are mommy playground friends who, when Cormac was very small, cat befriended them because they all had girls around the same age. There's six of them. One of them went to New Jersey. We just had a little reunion with them. That's how I know.
0: You know what I feel like you have? What? A very active social life. Would you say that's true?
2: I think You're I'm... you at the
0: beach today with Alex Blagg.
2: I'm involved in an active social life, but I don't feel like I'm very socially active personally. Mm. I feel like mm. I lack friends, actually. You do? I do, yeah. I don't feel like I have a lot of outlets
0: for friendship.
2: Yeah, or just like here's something I like to do and then I feel confident and comfortable with people doing soccer, but I don't play soccer every single week, you know? I go and I go for like periods of time okay. and then I kind of take and now I'm getting back into soccer. Yeah.
0: But that's this just goes back to what I was saying before about like and I don't think I said it. I just thought it. But I don't think soccer is what you guys should be doing. You should be doing something more sedentary because then you can be part of it every week.
2: Who? Me and my wife? Or me and the people I play soccer with?
0: You and the people we play <laughs> soccer with.
2: <laughs> I can bring it up.
0: Yeah. Talk the
2: idea. to the people
0: while you're playing. Suggest not playing. Yeah. Hey, uh... Can we do something else? Can we right. get coffee? <laughs> just hang out. Because then... You can see them every week without having to play soccer.
2: Mm, but I like playing soccer, and they it do too. doesn't sound
0: like you do. <laughs> or else you'd be doing it every week.
2: Um, sometimes we have marriage therapy on Tuesdays. And it's oh. the same night of soccer. How's that? Great. Everyone should do it.
0: Can I tell you a something? And here it is. I want to do it with my husband. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it for years. Sometimes it comes up angrily from him. Right. Like, Okay, but, you know, just promise me that one of these days, like that kind of thing. And then sometimes it's, and then sometimes I'll bring it up and he's like, oh, you think so too? So there's a lot of energy around it, I would Mm -hmm. say. (laughs) I'm exaggerating. It's fine. One of these days we'll do it. But then I had, do you know Brian Safi of Throwing Shade? Yes. He's, I love him. He's great. He came on and he told me that he thinks that marriage counseling is like the death knell of any relationship because he and his husband... Did marriage counseling and then just like worked out their divorce in in the office.
2: But that's Him. what he and his yes. husband needed to do.
0: Yes. I know. But I just once I heard that, I was like, oh. Because <laughs> he was very staunch on his feeling about it that right. when, by the time you're there, it's already too late.
2: No. Uh-uh. We went the first time we went, because we were just like we realized that everything happened really fast with us. Mm-hmm. Like we got married almost within a year of like, oh, wow. kissing in front of a bodega. That is fast. And then we were going to wait a year to, to start getting pregnant. We would still have sex, but, yeah. you know, but then we wound up, we were married at the end of August. We had our son the next October. So, th- so it was like, Oh, I got, got, like she got pregnant real fast. Yeah. Um, so we were just like very, everything was very real pretty quickly mm-hmm. where it was like, we don't actually know each other as well as we thought or like, but we weren't, things were not like, and this was many years ago when we started going. And then we started going again, maybe nine months or a year ago. Um, More of a like, okay, now we have three kids and you know, like work is tough and this is tough and that's tough and just sort of help us figure out how to communicate about things a little bit better. So maybe this one will be the death knell, but the first one was not. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that and then seven years later be like, Oh, we shouldn't have gone to marriage therapy. Right. You know? And I would say overall it's extremely helpful. Because it builds in the habit of knowing, okay, we're gonna talk about this every week, and then and then before you know it, you're kind of talking about it not in marriage therapy too. You're like making it a little bit easier to bring things up or what have you.
0: Yeah, I think I think it'd be good for how long are you guys just both going in and airing your grievances and then having to not react <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I mean some some sessions are very constructive and progressive and like okay here's what we've worked on and here's what we're gonna how we're gonna solve this problem and then some of them are just like blah 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 and for another
0: thing <laughs> hang on i have a list is there any of that
2: and sometimes that feels good and when the therapist is on your side ooh, i know that feels very good i
0: can imagine
2: and she's pretty good i mean sometimes i think she even has to whip it back on me and be like joe you're no saint either just because she can see i'm getting a little cocky right and she doesn't even really mean it that much because i'm i am doing better at Mm -hmm. that session (laughs) and i know i am but i'm just like all right cool i'll take that hit yeah i'm already way ahead so try to dig your way out of that one. And I'm going to sit back and relax. And you can think about it. And then you get another shot at it next week.
0: I do uh, another podcast called Childish with Greg. Do you know Greg Fitzsimmons? I do. With Greg Fitzsimmons. What do you think of him?
2: I think he's hilarious. Okay. One Cause... of the funniest guys. Okay. Just so, so funny all the time.
0: The way you said I do made me think there might be like, oh.
2: Oh, no. I don't really know him. Uh personally, I'm just, I think he's a hilarious person.
0: He's great. He tells the story of he and his wife went to marriage counseling pretty early on. Um And he's the, he was the bread. She works now, but he, then he was the breadwinner and she decided she wanted to be a stay at home mom. And that was their arrangement. And she was bothered by him not chipping in enough around the house. And the, and this is like one of, I think one of Greg's favorite memories, the therapist is like, well, the arrangement you made is he's going to work and you're going to be home taking care of the kids and taking care of the house. So, and this is his, the way he describes it. Uh, and I'm putting words in his mouth, but it's something like this. Like, so you can't complain because that was what you agreed to. Mm-hmm. And he like floated out of that session and has been happy ever since. <laughs> and I'm just thinking if I were her. Oh, oh, and when I say local, well, how did she react? He's like, yes, yeah, she kind of agreed with it. I'm like, yeah, I, that wouldn't be my experience if I were her. Yeah. I would just be, I'd be like, well, now we have to find a
2: new therapist. Well, you, they might have come up with a slightly new arrangement. Yeah. Because that's how, that's, because that's happened with us too, where even I've been surprised, like, whoa, she's on my side on this one? Like, (laughs) because you do, you like, whether you know it or not, sometimes you're both operating from completely different expectations and you know like right. a lot actually and especially when your life becomes busy as a family and a mother and a podcaster and everything where you're like duh, 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 it's just tra- like our relationship is kind of transactional at this point you mm-hmm. know like we got to get things done we can't I think revisit I've things said
0: that before
2: yeah it I- just
0: because so it's it's weird how it happens and it like i if i feel like it start and everything like we have a good i'm I'm happy. I believe he's happy. Like everything's fine. I just think it could be fine tuned. But of course, um, I think it started when we ha- got a dog. That's when we started relating to each other as sort of we're both like taking care of this thing. Mm-hmm. But then now with two kids, it really it, like everything is just like did you do this? We have to do this. Oh, reminder about this. What, yeah. what do you think about this? Da da da. And like yeah, it's just all the to do list yeah. basically.
2: And then you're kind of tired. Yes, for yourself and. You're like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to fucking talk about any more cakes.
0: Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Last night, he wanted to talk about plans for the office and like, what are your needs in the office? And I was just like, I can't. I can't. I cannot right now. So we did, you know, forty five minutes later.
2: <laughs> oh, you did? You actually we did ended, talk about it? Yes,
0: though? we did. But I was—it was just that, like, I was trying to make dinner when he mentioned it to me, and I was tired, and I just didn't like—I just didn't have the bandwidth at that moment. Mm. But then I was more open to having that conversation later.
2: Well, that's good because usually it's just like, uh, not right now, no, right no, and then that's it for a while, yeah. you know. Yeah. But like, I'm—I've been very much on this, uh, you know. I hate to say it like it's a tr- trend. I guess it is, but just sort crystals? of minimizing. No, I'm not. I'm not into You're crystals. You're Marie condoing. Not even necessarily Marie condoing. I just, uh, although I do like her folding methods, I use that folding really? method for like everything now. Do you have yeah. your t
0: shirts standing up and filed.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. It does feel really good to I do that because I, I had a different folding style that I wasn't happy with this really opened my eyes that show is extremely depressing to me
0: mm, i've watched only every like one fucking or two time episodes. it's
2: the same goddamn shit every yeah. time why do you want to watch that i know it's not inspirational it's like more she's... it's like weighing on me
0: yeah because she's so impish and cute
2: yeah i guess so
0: i don't know i only watched one and a tenth episodes
2: i've only i've only seen two also Good holding <laughs> style,
0: <laughs> but I, you know, and then like I'll
2: catch it with other times because my Cormac and my wife will watch it. They like to watch all that stuff and like what's House Hunters International and mm. those all those shows that depress me. Yeah, they like to watch them, and I just don't want to see any more people's stuff. I don't want to see people crying about books anymore. <laughs> like I got it after one, you yeah. know. It is very formulaic, but even the idea of us sitting down and talking about. Cause I've been trying to like read about how do you actually approach this with a house? Like, yeah, we can't just wing it, you know? And it I want to be very,
0: it being the
2: getting, reducing the amount of stuff that we have.
0: Oh my God. If you figure it out, come over.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping to because it's like, <laughs> cause I want to come back again. Yeah. Mostly it, it's, it, it, it really affects me like clutter and, and just, you know, with three kids. Yes. I'm sorry. I have three kids. <laughs> They just had a birthday. They got 40 new things. Yeah. They don't fucking care at all. I know. Like, and, and just, I just feel that our lives would be so much at least calmer With if we just had less shit. stuff. And and I want to build in my kids a sense of responsibility, a sense of, you know, care and value. And now they're getting to the point where it's like, Everybody needs to have responsibilities around the house. But if picking up your shit is this insurmountable chaotic storm every time, you're never going to do it. And if you want to get people to care about stuff and they're just constantly getting new presents or books, they're never going to care. You know, I think, you know, we started doing like putting out just one thing of Legos and one thing of blocks. That's all that's downstairs. And we Mm. moved all the other toys out And they started playing with those toys a lot and putting them away. Wow. And now stuff has been trickling back down and they just had birthdays and it's covered in plastic dinosaurs and other like teacups and just shit. Uh, But So we have to kind of revisit it. But I'm I'm in the process of like, okay, how are we going to even approach doing this to a whole house? Because there's so much kind of organizing and strategy to it, I think. But even breaching that conversation or broaching it <laughs> with my wife is so it's so hard. Cause even just this, the talk about the conversation is like,
0: oh, you know? It's and that's interesting. I think I might be your wife in this scenario. Um, why is it so hard for her?
2: I think she wants to get in, dive in, and just start doing it.
0: Oh, I'm not your wife. <laughs> and she,
2: but don't but don't worry, she might uh, stop halfway through, and then we're you know everything. Yeah. A so mess she
0: doesn't want while. to strategize.
2: I think she's worried that we're just gonna never do it. Mm. But I also think this is the kind of thing where if you're not approaching it the right way, you're gonna defeat yourself right off the bat, yes. and then it's gonna be worse.
0: I think that. Do you ever look at Lifehacker that site? Sometimes. I feel like they make that point a lot that like if you don't – if you just like dive in and start doing work out of a a manic feeling, like you're going to burn out real fast.
2: Yeah. And you're so all over the place. Like I get like that very much like where I'll just be like, I have to clean everything. And then – but I have like hands full of different stuff that I've picked up from different rooms. Yeah. I'm like, well, now I need to go get five Rubbermaid containers. You know, and have to drive to the store and come back with them and like I don't remember what I was doing, so I'm just gonna randomly put stuff in here, you know? Yeah. But having a plan which I think also kinda comes from these past two years, I've been doing so much writing and development where you you have to like, before you can even write a screenplay or a pilot, you have to do so much planning, you know? And like structuring it and outlining it and all this stuff where that's kind of like informing my process now too.
0: Mm. Joe Randazzo, this has been delightful. It
2: has. Thank you for letting
0: me push you to recall things in your brain that you didn't want to think about. Maybe, I don't know.
2: Mm, Thanks for doing it. I'm realizing that I had a cup of coffee right before I came, and I think it really did a number on my brain and my mouth.
0: You didn't seem over-caffeinated.
2: Okay. Yeah. Good. Because now I'm like immediately crashed. Once I heard you say my name, I'm like, it's it's over. Mm. I can fall off the cliff now.
0: Yeah. You can go sleep this one off. No, I think
2: uh Kat and I are gonna go have dinner.
0: Delightful <laughs> <laughs> Um Tell everyone what plug plug your plugs.
2: Um well I do think everyone will enjoy Kids Say the Darndest Things with Tiffany Haddish, which comes out on ABC, October 4th or 5th or 6th?
0: Somewhere. In, just DVR early October.
2: Yeah. Just look out for it. I'm sure there'll be all kinds of promotions for it. Also, Disney is launching their own streaming app. So look out for that.
0: Are you working on something involving with... No, you're just, nope. You're just I just think it'll be
1: cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, The price is definitely right. How much is it? I think it's seven ninety nine a month. Mm. I think so. A lot of good stuff. It's going to be here. a lot of good stuff. On it's
0: there. interesting how everyone is so in, I mean, I'm, and I'm not anti it, but like usually you hear a little bit of, usually with something like Disney, there'd be like a little bit of pushback, but
2: no. Well, now they're in a position that they own everything, that they can mm-hmm. actually have a good
1: streaming service that fulfills right. your needs. Yeah. And they're making TV shows that look like movies, at least from the little trailers they have released. Yeah. So, I
2: mean, I am mad at Disney, obviously, but. They're gonna make these streaming services anyway. So.
0: have you been to Galaxy's Edge? Tony's no. been twice.
2: Twice? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I kinda of
0: wanna go. I'm not even super into Star Wars, sorry. And I <laughs> I'm curious about it. Yeah, it seems go.
2: like fun. I wanna
1: take my son in October for
2: his birthday.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's great. Didn't let me down. The I'm waiting for that second ride to open though. Not till not not till January. Almost. What is it gonna open? Oh, there's it's, only one ride. There's only right? one ride right now. The other one opens in January. Yeah.
0: I'm but also not into Harry Potter, but I sort of want to go to Harry Potter's world or whatever it's called at Universal. Should I? It seems like it's it I've, looks fun in pictures.
1: I'm the same way. I'm not a Harry Potter guy. It's it's cool to see. It's it's well done. Yeah, good wands and stuff. You can get some wands. Yeah, you can drink beer. Mm-hmm. The ride is I've pretty. Seen that. F- I think there's a couple rides. The the main I like ride rides. that's in the castle is pre- actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um. Follow me on Twitter at Alison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at ariynbf i'm also on instagram at Allison rosen check out childish um if you like what you're hearing subscribe download leave a comment tell a friend i'm also on patreon patreon.com slash Allison rosen i'm also on cameo and my cameo requests have really been trickling in a little more than they were before oh <laughs> what's I like know a, that. what's a faster trickle um, Pour? no they're not pouring in <laughs> a they're not or even streaming in babbling they're or... just like i'm they're pelt i'm getting pelted dripping they're dripping I'm, there's a <laughs> steady drip there's Pulse, a steady they're drip They're leaking
1: in, in. Uh, yeah. yeah
0: uh cameo i uh, just Alice rose not cameo Tony, where might we find you?
1: I'm at Tony Taxton on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, Bizarre Albums, new episodes every Tuesday.
0: Wonderful. Joe, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having Listeners, me. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Alison Rosen show?
1: We had a good time, but now we gotta go. and Rosen is your new best friend.